Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Well, hello there, family. It is good to see you. Now, I, if you don't know who I am, my name is Ken Wetmore. I am the senior pastor here at Whole Life Church, and I am just thrilled to be the worship host today. Most weeks, yeah, this is really fun. Most weeks, I haven't, I don't get to do this because I'm the one preaching, but today we have a guest speaker. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. I'm super excited, though, to be able to just be the the online host. So I am so glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. If you're not familiar with Whole Life, wow, are you in for a treat. This is an amazing church that, that loves people into lifelong friendship with God. We're a church without, without uh, walls that is actively engaged in me in the needs of our community. And so we are so happy to have you here today to, uh, to worship with us and to be a part of this service. For those of you who are viewing online, we're so glad to have you here with us as well to, to fill out our congregation. So welcome. I am absolutely thrilled to have our speaker here today. Um, there are some people that, that come, that you invite to come, that you, you've, you're looking forward to hearing, but you don't really know them. It's not the case today for me. Uh, Elder Dana Edmond is not just a, a guest speaker, he's a friend. He's one of my friends, and I love him dearly. Why? Because uh, he played an instrumental part in my life in broadening my worldview and helping me see the world differently. As you may or may not have realized, I am Caucasian. I know, it's, it's shocking to many people. It's, it's very shocking to many people. Um, and I grew up in a predominantly <laughs> Caucasian community. And so one of the real blessings in my life was that when I was in Nashville, we intentionally in Nashville started getting together with, uh, with those of us who are Caucasian, those of us who are people of color, and we started actually having conversations. And you know what? Sometimes those conversations aren't easy. But what I really appreciated about Elder Edmund was his patience, his love no matter what ignorant thing came out of my mouth, and his kindness. And this church, you may not realize it, but we owe him a debt of gratitude already. All of us do. Um, because if you're appreciating the ministry of our new Justice Ministries pastor, Anderlene Breedy, Elder Edmund, I called him up and I said, hey, I'm looking for a pastor for this position. Do you know of people in part of my search? And, and I got names from a lot of different places. But it was Elder Edmund's name that, is, uh, that, that gave us the name of Anderlene. And we are so glad that Anderlene is now a part of our family. That's because of Elder Edmund and his ministry and his love for this church that he's just visiting for the first time. So there are a lot of other things I could tell you about him. Highly educated. A man of God been married 44 years. That's, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. He's been, uh, the president of a conference. He's got all these, all these wonderful things behind his name, but what you most need to know about him is that he loves Jesus. He loves people and you're going to be brought into Jesus presence by him today. 
Our scripture today comes to us out of the book of John. I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation. So I invite you, if you have have your Bible, to open it up and take a look at it. If it's on your app, open up your app, John chapter 11, verses 10 through 44. And again, I'll be reading it from the New Living Translation. It will be up on the screen behind me. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. We're going to have prayer right now. Up on the screen behind me, you'll see prayer requests that have come in. If you ever want to turn in a prayer request, please just contact our office with that prayer request. And we'd be happy to to put it up there along with all the others. We're going to invite you to pray for those prayer requests that are behind me. We also want to especially remember what's happening in Ukraine um, at this very moment. We want to be praying for a world that is in deep chaos at this moment and pray that God will do what God knows best, as you're going to hear a little bit more about. And if you want to join me in kneeling, you are welcome to. If that's not what's comfortable for you, please feel free to stay seated if that's what's most comfortable for you. But I'm going to kneel. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that we can trust you. We also confess that we don't trust you very well. Heavenly Father, we want to go ahead and lift our world up to you. For many in the world right now, there is is terror at the idea of of what could possibly happen, Uh, not just in Ukraine, but the implications of what's happening in Ukraine. Lord, we confess and we ask for forgiveness that we're probably more scared about what could happen to us than what's happening to people there. And we pray that you would be with those people there, that you'd wrap your arms around them. And as there are opportunities for us to make a difference, that we would. Lord, we pray for all those who are experiencing loss right now, the people in Ukraine, the families of the Russian military who are losing their their loved ones in this conflict. We pray for each one that you would put your arms around them, recognizing that we were all created in your image and we all belong to you. Heavenly Father, today we want to ask you to be with the prayer requests on the screen behind me. Lord, we pray that you would work in each case as you see fit, but most of all that you would bring peace and hope in the midst of a chaotic world. That even when you don't make sense, that we would trust you with that. Lord, we lift up Elder Edmund asking that you would speak through him directly to us, that we would hear what he has to say, and that as we listen, our lives would be transformed so that we wouldn't just leave here having heard a good word, but we would leave here inspired to make this world a better place, and that we would do that through your power. We pray these things in your name. Amen. It's my privilege to be here today. Uh, We want to express our appreciation to the music musicians for moving us Godward today. I also want to express my appreciation to your pastor, who I'm sure you appreciate as well. Uh, I want 
want to express my appreciation to him for his kind invitation and the kind words. And the truth of the matter is he shared with you um, the fellowship that we shared when we lived in Nashville. One of the things that we did was we would um, host, different pastors would host um, the other pastors in their home for lunch. And it was actually at the lunch at my house that uh, we had a very, uh, we had a, we had a very uh, open and very candid conversation. And uh, your pastor was kind enough to share what he learned from me. But the truth of the matter is I learned some things from him as well, because just like he shared with you that he was Caucasian, I will share with you that I'm not. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we were able to have, we were able to have the kind of serious, uh, honest conversation. Uh, one of the things that he said was, he said, this, I feel like this is a safe space so I can share uh, some of the things that I'm feeling, some of the things I don't understand, some of the things that challenge me. And, uh, and we were able to say to him, well, you probably don't want to say it quite like that. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a kind of conversation that if we are going to do ministry the way that the Lord wants us to do ministry, these are the kind of difficult conversations that we have to have that bring about understanding and and reconciliation. And we're going to seek to have that conversation this afternoon. Um, and so thank you. Uh, pastor, uh, for uh, opening opening yourself up and opening up the this opportunity to share with your members. I shared in the morning service that one of the things that I I kind of like um, in your in your church is that uh, you have a clock that 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 runs down that tells me when I'm supposed to stop and. Uh, and 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 as a former conference president who used to invite people at camp meeting who gave who would give people time limits that they ignored um if ever I become a conference president I'm going to get that clock um uh, uh, but I'm also tied to that clock so so let's go to the word let's pray god this is your moment fill it with your spirit we pray in jesus name amen I want to read two texts. I debated for the sake of the staff and the musicians who did so well. I said, I hate to make them listen to the same sermon again. Uh, and so I debated, but I didn't want to get in trouble with the pastor, um, not, not, not Pastor Wetmore, uh, but um, Pastor Tammy. Um, uh, 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 now, in the black church, we don't call people pastor for, by their first name, but I can't pronounce her last name. And so, um, but she, she had me sending a manuscript, and, and so I got to stick to the script. All right, so here, here we go again. Two texts uh, from, the, from the message translation. I've, I, 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 I've, used, I've used this text before, several, diff, uh, several translations. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give you three translations. Here's the first one. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, King James Version. I know the thoughts that I think of you. Um, now, 
I get to put in something different that I didn't do in the first service. My wife decided um, um, a number of years ago for my father-in-law's 80th birthday, she wanted to get a letter from the president of the United States. And, and, and so she so she contacted the White House. And, and one day I was, now I'm not going to tell you which president it was because I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be bipartisan, but, uh, but, but she, she sent off a letter and, 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 and one day I went to the mailbox and instead of, instead of seeing the usual bills and junk mail, there was an envelope marked 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And I, I opened and, and there was, I, I will tell you, I will tell you who it was there, but there was a letter signed by Barack Obama and, and sent sent to address to my father-in-law. Now, I we really didn't believe that Barack Obama really signed that letter. It was probably signed by some assistant to the assistant to the assistant, but the but just the possibility that the president of the United States actually thought about me. God says, I I I know the thoughts that I think about you, which tells me not the president of the United States, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords stops the running of the universe to think about me. And then, and then the NIV translation says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for peace, plans to give you hope. And let me point out that the time that God said this to Judah, Judah that Judah was not filled with good Seventh-day Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists from the whole life church. No, at, at the time, God said that to Judah. I, at the time, he said, I, I know the plans that I have for you. Judah was made up of backsliders. They were worshiping idols. In fact, Jeremiah 19 and verse 5 says that they had gone so far that they were actually offering their own children as burnt offerings to heathen gods. Judah was apostate. Judah was trifling. Judah was just plain sorry. But I want you to know, despite all of that, God said to them, I've got plans for you. See, somebody here at Whole Life needs to understand that the mistakes made by you and the things that the devil does to you and the sins that can be found in you will not change God's plans for you. God says to you and I, I've got plans for you. You may have done some things that you know you shouldn't have done, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have made some mistakes, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have done some things that you know you shouldn't have done, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have dropped out of school, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have lost your virginity, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have gotten a divorce, but God says, I've got plans for you. You may have messed up, goofed up, flubbed up, jacked up, slipped up, tripped up. You may be tore up from the floor up, but God says, you don't have to give up 
because I've got plans for you. Then, then, then God says in the, and then I like what the message translation says of Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. There God simply says this. He says, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> now, 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 you may not always know what I'm doing. But God said, see, see, the problem is God says, God, God, God knows that we only have a piece of the puzzle. God says, I've got the whole box. God, God says, I know the, the past and the present. A past and a future, you only know the present. God says, my ways are, are not your ways. God says, my thoughts are, are not your thoughts. God says, my ways are past finding out. In, in the ER, in the ERV version, God says, who knows? The Bible says there, who knows what's on God's mind? Isaiah 40 and verse 13 says in the clear word, who can update God on the latest knowledge? God says you can't always explain me. God says you can't always understand me. God says you can't always comprehend me. God says you can't always figure me out. Sometimes all you can do is trust me. You got to trust. You got to trust. You got to trust that I know what I'm doing. And then, then, then my second text, uh, John 11 verses uh, one through five, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. One of my favorite stories because it talks about a miracle. And, and anybody ever, anybody need God to do a miracle for them? But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A miracle is a mess that you can't get out of unless God does something extraordinary. And here's the thing. Everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to be in the situation that requires a miracle. See, the greatest miracle, Ellen White says, the greatest miracle that Jesus ever did was raise Lazarus from the dead. Wonderful miracle. But here's the problem. The only way that Jesus got to do the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead was from Lazarus, was for Lazarus to be dead in the first place. Everybody wants the miracle. Nobody wants the problem that requires the miracle. And, and, and so, and, and so here's what we understand about this miraculous story. And that is from the time that this story begins with Jesus totally ignoring somebody who needs his help. From the beginning of this story, until the end of this story, nothing Jesus says, nothing Jesus does, none of his activities in the story of Lazarus make any sense. That's, and everybody got quiet because you just heard the preacher say nothing Jesus did made any sense. Okay, okay, so, so, so let me explain it to you. Let's pretend for a moment that your pastor, Pastor Whitmore, cannot just do what pastors, especially pre-COVID, used to do, and that is visit people when they get sick. So let's pretend for a moment that not only, not only can he visit you when you get sick, but he can actually heal you. Let's pretend, all right? And so your mama gets sick, right? And, and so you call Pastor Wetmore to come and heal your mama, except he doesn't come. 
Your mama dies. Pastor Wimmore doesn't come to the funeral. He doesn't come to the graveside service. He shows up four days late. And he says what Jesus says in John 11, I think it's verse 14 and 15. You ought, you ought to read it. This is what Jesus said. He shows up four, he just shows up a week late. And the first thing out of his mouth is Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. Let Pastor Whitmore, a lot who has the ability to heal your mother, let him not exercise that power. Let him then show up late after your mama has died. And the first thing out of his mouth is, your mama's dead and I'm glad. Oh, it will be on in this place. Come on, say amen. So, so, so. Nothing Jesus did in the story makes any sense until the story gets to the end. And and, and what I'm trying to say to you today is in order to understand what Jesus did and understand why he said what he said, in order to understand why he allowed what he allowed, you've got to wait until the story gets to the end. And what I'm trying to say to you today is that every now and then, God allows stuff to happen in your life, stuff that makes no sense every now and then uh, uh, things come into our lives, sickness and pain and accidents and lost jobs and broken relationships. And we don't understand why God uh, uh, does what he does. We don't understand why God allows what he allows. We don't understand uh, 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 what, what he's doing. But I'm glad to tell you that if you just hold on until the end, you will discover that pain doesn't have the last word and disease doesn't have the last word and death doesn't have the last word and disaster doesn't have the last word and corona doesn't have the last word and Buddha doesn't have the last word, but God has the last word. And that word is, I know what I'm doing. Look at the story real quickly. Look at the story. John 11, 1 to 5. Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha call on Jesus like good Adventists are supposed to do. But but Jesus does nothing. Don't try to clean that up. Jesus does nothing. Mary and Martha call on Jesus in their hour of greatest, or their hour of greatest need, and Jesus does nothing. John 11 and, and verse 6 says that they tell him that Lazarus is sick, but he stays two more days in the place where he was. In other words, Jesus doesn't move, Jesus doesn't come, Jesus doesn't call, he doesn't send anybody in place, doesn't even send the text. Does nothing. Now, 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 when I was a conference president, nothing triggers a call from 
church members to the president's office faster than a pastor who doesn't take care of members when they get get sick. This is what I discovered in 44 years of being a pastor. Even people who don't like you expect to see you when they get sick. Every pastor knows that. That, that, That's that's Pastor 101. But here's Jesus, the master pastor. And he has, he has, he hears about one of his good members. I I mean, one of them tithe and offering paying, pastor supporting there every time the church door is open. One of those members gets sick and Jesus gets the word and, and does nothing. Can't you see Mary and Martha going to the door every day looking to see if Jesus is, surely he's coming today. Surely he's going to rescue Lazarus today. Surely he's going to answer our prayers today. Lazarus wakes up every day asking, has Jesus come yet? Maybe they said we're not as close to him as we thought. Sometimes the greatest test of our faith is not not whether we can believe that Jesus can do everything. Sometimes the greatest test of our faith is whether we can still believe even when he does nothing. Mary and Martha call on Jesus, and Jesus does nothing except to say, I know what I'm doing. I don't have time to tell this story like I, like I want to, but skip down to John 11, verse 39. Jesus says, roll away the stone. Oh, if, you, if, if, if this were a funeral and, and one of your loved ones were lying here today, wouldn't you want Jesus to say, open up the casket? Jesus said, roll away the stone. But look what Martha said. Martha said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait a minute, Jesus. You don't want to do that. Uh, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Don't you think Jesus already knew that? She said, Lazarus has been dead for four days. You don't want to do that. Jesus trying to raise her brother out of the grave. But Martha's trying to stop him. Jesus is trying to perform a miracle. But Martha's lack of faith is getting in Jesus' way. And what I'm trying to say to you today is that there are things Jesus, God is trying to do for us. There are blessings that God is trying to give us. But our lack of faith gets in Jesus' way. Matthew 9 and verse 29 says, uh, uh, according to your faith, be it unto you. Ellen White says our blessings are limited by the weakness of our faith. Martha said, Lord, you you don't want to roll away that stone. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And when I read that, I, I, I said, wait a minute, Jesus, not only do you not come when Lazarus is sick, 
But even when the brother dies, you don't do anything. You still don't say anything. You didn't come to the funeral. You didn't come to the graveside. Sir, you weren't even there to say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. How in the world? And, and here's what makes the thing worse. At the time that, that, that Mar- Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus to come, he was two miles away. Which means it took him four days to go two miles. I I, I like to walk. I, I, I walk between five to ten miles a, a day. And, and and in fact, after the service, between the between the time we finished and the three o'clock service, I'm gonna walk some more. And, and but the the but I power walk. I walk fast. The problem is I'm married to somebody who's the opposite of me. She walks slow. I, I, I mean, real slow. So, so when we, when we, when we, usually we, we're traveling together, and, and 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 sometimes when we come off the plane, you know, I'm 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 trying to get down the the trying to get down the the hallway, and, and I'm being detained by my wife, who's who's walking minus miles per hour. She walks so slowly that even the people flying the plane, the pilots and, and the flight, they pass us up on the way to, to get their luggage. And this is what she does. I don't know why you ladies do this. This is what she does. She said, because she knows I'm pulling what's left of my hair out uh, because I can't stand walking this slow. And then this is what she does. And, 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 and I don't know why you ladies do this. This is what she does. This is what she does. She says, you can leave me. I didn't last 44 years being stupid. (laughs) But even as slowly as my wife walks, even she can go faster than two miles in four days. (laughs) And and when, when I read that, I said, Lord, what were you doing that it took you four days to go two miles? Oh, listen, is there anybody in here who's ever been in an emergency and it seemed like God isn't hearing you? God's not feeling you. God's not answering you. Is there anybody who's ever been in trouble? And you said, Lord, what are you doing? Uh, My marriage is in trouble. Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I can't find a job. Lord, What are you doing? My children are lost. Lord, what are you doing? Lord, you could have fixed this. Lord, you could have solved this. Lord, you could have handled this. Lord, you can do anything, but instead you haven't done anything. Lord, what are you doing? And and if you've ever felt like that, you know what God says? I know what I'm doing. Oh, Oh, listen. Listen, I only got a few minutes left. You know the story. Uh, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus stands in front of the, and stands in front of a Lazarus tomb. And this is what he says. Lazarus, come forth. None of, none of, none of this weak. Well, if it is your will. No, no. 
come forth. In other words, get up. Oh, I've been, I've been eulogizing people for 44 years, said a lot of stuff at funerals, never said that. See, 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 to stand in front of a cemetery and stand in front of the casket of somebody who's been dead almost a week and to say to that person who can't hear you anyhow, to say to that person, get up! You only do that for one or two reasons. Either you've got to be crazy or you've got to be God. <laughs> Jesus said to all the people that were looking at him like he had lost his mind, Jesus said, I know what I'm doing. Lazarus, get up! <laughs> and in the black church, the old-time preachers Put it this way. You know what they say? They say it's a good thing that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if all he said was come forth, then everybody, you didn't hear what I said? I said everybody who would ever die would have gotten up and then they would have had to give refunds on all them funerals. Oh, I got three minutes. I got three minutes. But, 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 but. And here's what another preacher said. He said, it was a whole, it, it was a whole bunch of other Lazaruses in that cemetery. That's true. Lazarus was a common name like John and Mary. No, so, but, but the word of God is so specific. You know what happened when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth? It bypassed all them other Lazaruses. It said, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you. see what God has for you. You didn't hear what I said. I said, what God has for you is for you. Can't nobody get it. Can't nobody take it away. You know why? Because he knows what he's doing. And the thing that he wants to do most is he wants to save your soul. And he wants to do that today. I know, I know, I know we've got sophisticated now. We don't, we don't, we don't ask, we don't make calls. We don't make appeals. We don't ask people to come to Jesus. Don't know how we expect them to come if nobody asked them to come. Because I'm hopelessly old fashioned. There's somebody here today. Some man, some woman, some boy, some girl, some young person. There's somebody here today. I'm not talking to folk who are solidly in the church. There's somebody here today who needs to understand that God knows what he's doing. And even if your life is out of control, even if the world is out of control, there is a God who's in control. 
no less in control today than he was yesterday or he'll be tomorrow. And there's somebody who, there's somebody who needs to give him control of your life. And you have to be ha- you have to be blind, deaf, dumb and crazy not to understand that we don't have much more time to give God control. And here's the thing. Everybody who denies God control now will be willing to give him control later when it's too late. Because the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. It's just a matter of time. But the best time is now. And so in the last 43 seconds of this service, there's somebody here today, there's somebody on online who needs to either raise their hand if you're in the building or indicate in, to ch- in the chat, today I'm coming to God or today I'm coming back to God because he knows what he's doing. If that's you in this moment, in the last 20 seconds of this service, just raise your hand and say, today, today I'm giving God control of my life. I see you. 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 God, thank you for what you've done. And now, Lord, it's time for us to do something. You've demonstrated your love for us. Help us help our love for you to move us to accepting you, to giving you control of your lives, uh, of our lives, because you know what you're doing. And one day what you're going to do is to come back. And when you come back, help us to be ready. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And for Jesus' sake, amen. I trust you met Jesus today. Yeah. If you, um, I want to ask a favor of you. If you raised your hand for Elder Edmund and you'd be willing to share what's going on in your heart, um, I would love it if you would email me. If you're making a decision for Christ, we want to, as a pastoral team, surround you and help you as you're on that journey. So if you made a decision that you would love for the, or like for the pastoral team to be a part of and to help you on that journey, please send me an email. My email is very easy to remember. It's my name, Ken, K-E-N. Just like the Barbie doll, just don't look like the Barbie doll. So Ken, at Whole Life, that's the church you're at today, dot church. It's a church. Ken at Whole dot church. I bet you can remember that without writing it down. And I would love for you to go ahead and send me an email and say, hey, Ken, I made a decision today. I made a decision and this is the decision that I made. Pray for me. Or I made a decision today and I need to learn more. How can you help me with that? Or Ken, whatever it is, send me that email. I'd love to hear from you. And we will get back in touch with you. If you're online, please, please, please be a part of our family and let me know how we can reach you and minister to you as well. Ken at wholelife.church. So um, thank you for that. I want to invite you to come back this afternoon. 3.30, Elder Edmund is going to be sharing a history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and those of uh, African-American descent. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's not a pretty story. But it's an important one that if you haven't heard before, that you understand. One of those difficult conversations where Elder Edmund said, you might want to say it differently, was when I said that regional conferences in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, 
there are conferences that are made up of predominantly of Caucasians, and there are conferences that are made up of predominantly people of color. Okay. And I, in our conversation, made a comment to the, that regional conferences were an embarrassment to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, the correct way of saying this is it is an embarrassment that that had to happen. Okay? That's the correct, in my opinion, way of saying that. It's embarrassing that we got to a point where that had to happen, but it is not an embarrassment that it's happening today. And so if you don't understand what I mean by that, or you think, well, I don't come back and let's have a conversation about this afternoon. Let's grow a little bit. Let's understand a little bit what's going on in our world. And I think you're going to really grow personally. So you can watch it online because we'll be live doing it live, uh, doing a live cast of that. But it's always better when you're in person, right? So 3.30, I'll stop talking so you can go home and get food and then come back. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We want to love you better. We also want to love those around us better. And in order to that, we have to actually see the world through their eyes. We have to understand what it looks like to not be who we are, but to be in somebody else's shoes. And so today, Lord, I pray that you would bless us by giving us a vision of what it's like to be outside of who we are. I pray that those who've made decisions today would follow through on those decisions with you. And I pray that those who need to make decisions would make those decisions. Lord, we love you. We want to love you better. But we thank you for your grace that makes up the difference. We pray in your your name. You know I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.